everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler. Periscope. Got the uh, podcast on here with the Facebook. Uh, watching all my links here. Sorry for the late start. But like I say, usually what the late start is because there was a lot of breaking news here on Sports Scope in the wild world of the NFL. And I wanted to make sure and get it all in. The stuff that I think that matters, which I usually have a pulse for as of late. Um, a lot of big stuff going on in the NFL. Want to talk about that Jalen Ramsey trade there. Um, I believe that um, Rams gave a little too much there. Tony O'Brown won't back in the NFL. Got some advice for him. Ryan Tannehill. Uh, we'll get his first start this week. The Titans made that official. Talk about that. Talk about what Mike Vrabel needs to do with John Robertson uh, in the offseason to get this show on the road for the Tennessee Titans. But first, my apologies to the Detroit Lions fan base. Everybody, I, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but I want this to hit home. The the uh, I am not a narrative guy. If I'm wrong about something, I will say it. And last night, I thought the uh, fly, uh, the line fan base reading through Twitter, coming on my program, uh, the comments I'm reading were uh, they were being uh, whiny, and uh, those calls were uh, were fine. But there's a story out today, Pro Football Talk. Pair of phantom calls on Trey Flowers delivers late victory for Green Bay. Okay, when I first saw those, the one that looked like the chokehold, uh, did not really get a good look at that. It did look like the guy had him in by the neck. Someone said uh, it was the jersey. Uh, I'll read over this story from Pro Football Talk. And, of course, the officials flagged. The Lions for having 12 men on the field during a kick, which gave the Green Bay Packers the first down. I remember that, but they did not flag the Green Bay Packers for having 13. I will say this, that this NFL will get things right. I'm not one of those people that's going to suck up to the NFL. Um, I've talked about what, what they did in New Orleans. I've talked about in the past what they did about the kickoff when Minnesota played the uh, the Saints in the in the uh, uh, NFC Championship game in the past, where they um, where the Saints scored on their first possession, got the field goal. The the uh, that rule was changed. So, but let me let me read over this. Okay, this is from Pro Football Talk today, Mike Florio. The Lions had a couple of opportunities to win Monday night. Uh, still, there was a pair of phantom phantom penalties on the Detroit's defensive lineman, Trey Flowers, that helped them eliminate a 10-point deficit. The first with legal's hands to the face, replayed, reviewed, show clearly wasn't wiped out on third down sack and kept the um, kept alive the fourth quarter drive to cut the deficit 22-13, then 22-20. The second was illegal hands to the face. That's the one I thought that looked like the chokehold. Gave Green Bay a fresh set of downs in the red zone and allowed them to burn the remaining a minute and 36 off the clock, kicking the game-winning field goal, denying the Lions a chance to win it 
that was on David Baccarari, the left tackle for Green Bay. So, okay, that being said, that being said, this is another second-half collapse by Matt Patricia. Uh, this is a big issue with these young coaches, even the guy on the other side, Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur just happens to have Aaron Rodgers. That's the thing with these coaches. You, you earn your keep by making second-half adjustments. The Tennessee Titans had problems with second-half adjustments. Uh, this Detroit, particular Detroit team, they gave up 18 points to uh, the lowly Arizona, uh, banged-up Arizona Cardinals team. And I saw that Colin Cowers talking about today about Matt Stafford. How many big wins does he have in these close games? So a lot of that is on Matt Stafford. A lot of that is on Matt Patricia. Uh, now, these phantom calls were legit. And like I said, everybody in the NFL thought that uh, NFL circles, uh, fan bases, coaches, uh, former coaches, uh, uh, personalities, they all said the same thing when uh, the Saints and, and the Rams game ended the way it ended with the uh, non-call pass interference, and then the NFL comes back in the offseason, they make the change and say, well, you can challenge a pass interference. It'll become, become part of your challenges. Everybody and their brother uh, all pouted and cried. We are six weeks into the season. I haven't lost any sleep. I haven't got bored with any game for people challenging pass interferences. So my point is, hey, listen, why can't you challenge a uh, illegal hands to the face? Why can't you challenge an unnecessary roughness call? The games, by the way, are still going on the same pace that they were this time last year. And plus, the NFL hasn't really called those yet. Nobody's really thrown the flag on these pass interference calls that have turned around any major games. I've been keeping up at every game. So why can't you challenge an illegal hands to the face? That was a phantom call. So my prediction, NFL fans, Detroit fans, Freddie the Pizza Man, uh, that's that's the new solution. As far uh, now, Mike Florio talks about the NFL needs a spokesperson to. Um, come in and explain all this stuff on Tuesday after all these games go uh, go uh, go settled and, and they're all over and done with. Somebody needs to come in from the NFL and they need to say, hey, listen, man, this is uh, America. This is where we made a mistake at. Um, this is what we want to do to fix it for next week. Now, as far as the refs are concerned, yeah, you want to pull these refs off these primetime games. You want to rotate them, and they keep making the same mistakes to get out. I don't think the game is rigged. I can see where some people will want to say, me being one of those type of people in the past, you want to see Aaron Rodgers win a game. You want to see the Stars win the game. You know, Jacksonville wouldn't be in the NFC-AFC championship game if that was the case. Uh, a lot of the big market teams haven't really – I mean, when's the last time the Giants and the, and the Jets either one have been of the Super Bowl, the Bears, the biggest markets, Dallas should be – so I, I, don't, I don't buy that argument. I do buy that sometimes these refs 
get uh, intimidated by these home fields, and, and that's something they got to work on. But my solution is, just like the pass interference, for all you people thinking that's going to hold, that's not going to hold up the game. Anything that's deep in the fourth quarter and you've got a one-score game, yeah, you should be able to challenge a call like that because it changes possession. You go from fourth, third, and long to first down to inside the red zone. So my solution is make that a challengeable call. I know people don't want to hear that, but the camera don't lie. That's what the cameras are there for. What are they there for? They're there to call plays like this. You get unnecessary roughness. You can challenge a pass interference. You can challenge something not being a pass interference. So that's an easy solution, and I'm with Mike on that. Maybe they should have someone assigned to talk about the calls, the missed calls, and take the questions um, on the shows. Hey, this is a business. This is an entertainment business. This is a business for people like me and people like you all, fans. You want clarity. Sometimes you just get beat. And in a lot of cases, and and, 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 and there was a guy that tweeted out this friend of, with this friend of, uh, of my friend from Detroit. He said he was at the game. He said it didn't look like that uh, the refs really took over the game. But I can understand the frustrations of the Detroit fans. It reminds me of that Super Bowl back in the 2005-2006 season where the Seahawks played the Steelers. And every time the Seahawks made a big play, a big pass interference call will come and, and vice versa. Uh, or or uh, Pittsburgh miss a, a long pass, and then that turns around and gets a uh, penalty there. So that's my take on that, and I apologize. I thought uh, the Detroit fan base was belly aching. They did get robbed on a few plays there. I hate – there's nothing more than I hate in, in, in this world than a phantom call. I've had them going against players that I've pulled for and teams I've pulled for. And I've had them work out for teams I were pulling for, for instance. Aaron Rodgers says it all shakes out. That's usually what the winners say. They don't want to complain, but it will shake back out, and he'll get a bad call. But him being a superstar, yeah, he's going to get more of the benefit of the doubt. So that's my take on that. Uh, there was a major blockbuster trade today. I do not want to let this go. I'll go over the details. Jalen Ramsey's been wanting out of Jacksonville all year. Tom Coughlin, uh, he, he is not a Tom Coughlin kind of guy. Tom Coughlin's never been a diva guy. Tom Coughlin has multiple playoff wins. He has Super Bowl wins. I know he's gotten fired a few times, but uh, I like his regimen in the NFL, and I like his style of play. He's one of the only coaches that's beat Belichick and Brady twice, so want to keep that in mind. He's doing something right. So a lot of this, I'm saying this because him and uh, Jalen Ramsey, Tom Coughlin, the president of the Jacksonville, have butted heads with the superstar player. Okay, ESPN reported at 645 Central Time. Jalen Ramsey got what he wanted. As a result, this corner uh, goes to the Rams. Uh, Jacksonville on Tuesday sent Ramsey to the West Coast for first-round picks in 20 and 21. A fourth-round pick in 2021 as well. Ramsey would join two former Jaguars, defensive end Dante Fowler and busted quarterback Blake Bortles. All three were taken in top five draft picks from 2014 to 2016. The move fills major holes in the secondary for the Rams team, who, by the way, Akeem Tlaib will be out for the season, coming off that NFC title games 
and it fell to 500 this season. Now, I talked about yesterday about the uh, Sean McVay's offense being figured out, their ability not to run the football. And ironically, uh, and also a team that gave up 55 points to um, to Tampa and, uh, the you know, the 30 points to Seattle on the road, uh, they're, uh, you know, uh, only scoring seven points to this Rams team. But anyways, okay, so they, they're, they're a little bit of a downside here. So the Rams expect pa- uh, Ramsey to pass this physical, and uh, Tlaib is on the injury reserve. I talked about that earlier. The Rams traded Pro Bowl center Marcus Peters to Baltimore uh, for linebacker Kenny Young in a fifth-round pick. So they gave up a draft pick to bring in uh, the leading interception uh, cornerback, uh, Peters, uh, Marcus Peters, and Akib Talib, which is a better actual cover corner, don't have the interceptions that Peters has, is on injury reserve. So what is Jalen Ramsey going to do? Play two positions? You see what I'm saying? He's only one guy. They gave up two first-round picks and a fourth-round pick. Okay. And I want to read this. Um, uh, okay, so ESPN has got the completion percentage Dave, uh, of uh, Jalen Ramsey, 53.3. Uh, Marcus Peters, the guy they traded to Baltimore, 65.6 yards per attempt. Ramsey, 6.5. Peters, 10.3. Uh, touchdowns, interception, Ramsey, 3-3. Three and three. Nine uh, touchdowns to five interceptions for Marcus Peters. Peters takes a lot of chances on the football. My thing is Jalen Ramsey. I've read some stats that are favorable to Jalen Ramsey in the past. And, of course, uh, there's some other pro football-focused stats that are not so favorable to Jalen Ramsey. Now, this statistics I just read here from ESPN's stats saying he is a better corner than uh, Marcus Peters, but how much better is he? You know, my first instinct was from about this Rams team was that they're bringing in a lot of personalities. Dante Fowler suspended for uh, conduct detrimental to the team. They brought in Dadamic and Sue, a malcontent that uh, had, was a complete bust as a free agent with the Miami Dolphins. They brought in this malcontent player who was a star with uh with Kansas City, but they could not get him out of town long, fast enough. And now they're bringing in Jalen Ramsey, another malcontent who's got into fights on the field. He's had problems with the coaching staff. He's always demanding extra money with two years left. He's butt heads with uh, coaching staff and assistant coaches. So this team has got two mild personality coaches in Sean McVay and, and, and Wade Phillips. They overpaid for this guy. They got Dante. I mean, the Jaguars are just shedding off all their their their, their bad laundry on on this Rams team, and the Rams are buying it. You know, I don't think this is a good trade for the Rams. I mean, you give up two first round picks and a fourth round pick. That's quarterback stuff. That's what you you give that up for, like Russell Wilson or somebody. You know, uh, maybe a little bit more from that. Um, Maybe it maybe a left tackle in his prime, something like that. 
but you're going to give all that up for a corner. How about the coaching? How about the the uh, the, the um, Wade Phillips? He, he, he is a great defensive coordinator, but I tell you, his defenses uh, seem to go downhill as the season goes along. They uh, he plays a lot of basic coverages. Uh, you know, he relies a lot on man to man and all that good stuff. So Ramsey. Ramsey's just not – I mean, he's a great player, but if you look at the scheme, they've already lost a keep to leave. They play a lot of man, you know. Well, uh, it depends on his injury situation. I'll tell you what, Jay Ajay is a guy that he's all out. I know he's coming off a horrific injury. Somebody will sign him as long as there's running backs in this league. He may be an L.A. Ram before it's over with. You know, I've heard about other rumors. The Rams are going after Trent Williams. Now, the Rams are going all in. Here's the thing about it, though. Sean McVay is getting figured out, everybody. His offense looks the same as it did. It's starting to go downhill. They're giving up a lot more points. They're, they're a team that, that they're too heavily reliant on these big personalities and this big talent. And I think it's going to over. It was my first instinct. It was my very first instinct when I saw all this coming together last year. I said, these guys will make a big run. I didn't think they'd go all the Super Bowl, but I said, they'll make a big run next year, and then they'll start to teeter off the after after this season, which was last season. They actually made it to the Super Bowl. So I think they're going to start to teeter off there, and I wouldn't be surprised if Sean McVay and uh, in a season and a half from now are, are former uh, Rams their former Rams coaching staff. So I think this is good for the Jaguars. Jaguars aren't playing that bad. You know, this guy wants out of town. Apparently, uh, it did not work out between him and Khan. The uh, I mean, he's won, he's going to want a fortune. Um, and, you know, the Rams, quite frankly, they and I, and I said this before, they simply do not have depth. And that's what's caught up with them. They had some injuries on their offensive line. To leave us out for the season. So, what makes you think that they're going to be that much better? I think this is a terrible trade. And, um, you know, quite frankly, look what happened. I mean, Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley, they've overpaid for him. He's hurt. Malcolm Brown, you somebody asked me about Jay Ajade. Maybe, maybe they should take a chance. If he could pass a physical, I'd bring him in. He's all heart. I know how he ran at Miami, I know how he did in his, in his short stint with the uh, Eagles. So it's got to be an injury problem with him, but it's definitely not uh, anything to do with laziness or anything of that nature. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, huge get for this Jacksonville team. They don't have to pay this guy's salary. I know he was a very high draft pick, but, uh, you know, he's also a big headache too. Jalen Ramsey's always got something to stay. He wants to stir up things. He wants to – he was a malcontent. He wants to undermine management. Uh he was there in Houston to see some kind of specialist, and he was hurt. He couldn't make the game, but he's sitting there hanging around with the opposing team, Houston Texans, while his team is in Charlotte playing a game. So some of these guys, they really like to push the envelope, and uh, you know their play in most cases usually don't back up their their attitude and behavior of whatnot. I just think he's just a bad get for this Rams team. Their personalities, now I have to give Jason Whitlock the uh, early credit, for they're going to overwhelm this young coach and this very passive 
uh, defensive coordinator. I'm just saying, I think the days are going to be numbered for Sean McVay and Wade Phillips. Um, give it another two season. I think this the, uh, that uh, all this is going to blow up in their face. They're not going to have any depth. They're not going to have any draft picks. They're going to be stuck with some uh, superstars there. So I don't know how much the owner is pushing for this just to keep ticket sales going. But uh, with, with the rise of the 49ers and the stability of this Seahawks team, uh, you got to have some tough competition there in the NFC West. Another big story. Okay, Ryan Tannehill is official with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, predicted this. I said Marcus Mariota likely going to be in his last year of his contract. This Tennessee team has scored uh, seven points, seven points, and zero points in the last three games. And, you know, let me read over this story. And I think the real problem here with Tennessee is it simply has not been addressed. And that's why I do the research here on Sportscope and, um, and, and address those particular problems. Okay, this is from uh, NFL Networks today. First reported, uh, Tannehill, the former Miami Dolphins quarterback, was inserted into the lineup. In the third quarter of the Broncos game, Variable gave Tannehill a chance to make a uh, relief with the ineffective Mar Marcus Mariota through two picks. Uh, of course, Tannehill, 13 uh, completions, 144 yards, 16 attempts, led the Titans, only trip to the red zone, but an interception and a turnover on downs. Got, got the shutout for this Denver team. By the way, he's got injuries. Uh, I want to say Bradley Chubb, their best, uh, second best pass rusher, along with Von Miller. Uh, he is out for the season. Tennessee still got shut out there. Um, Tennessee, uh, remember, he was not actually signed as a free agent. Tannehill was acquired by a six-round pick from Tennessee in the offseason for a fourth-round pick in 2020 and a seventh-round pick in 2019. So that's a pretty good play. I mean, that's the kind of draft picks you want to get for a player. I mean, you know, this two two first round stuff, it's not a quarterback that, that's insane in the membrane. I just don't think the Rams are that close now. I think they got more than one hole. So going back to Tennessee, okay. Tannehill was 42 and 45. Remember a lot of that was playing through injury. Uh between for six years he missed the 17th season with that knee injury. Has proved that he can pass for more respectable numbers as a quarterback passing for four thousand yards. 14 and 15. Adam Gase did a really good job with him, by the way, uh, former head coach of the Dolphins. Uh, although his regard as a backup role, Tannehill never lost his conviction. Says quarterback with a ton of confidence in myself and had to play a position, Tannehill says. And it also says that uh, Kevin Byard, uh, one of the most talented players on the team, um, safety for the Tennessee Titans, said that it's a tough situation because I think the um, – the team is always behind number eight. As long as uh, we've been here, that's been my guy. Support him through everything. But the coach's decision, I feel like number 17, uh, can't give us the best opportunity to win, get ball games. I understand they have to make decisions that feel best for the team. Okay. Now, that was Kevin Byer trying to play the public relations game there. Um, here's the thing, and this is something I know a lot of Tennessee fans don't want to hear. Some Tennessee fans do want to hear this, okay? 
Um, other than the, the less penalties under Vrabel, uh, Mike Vrabel has the exact same record as Mike Malarkey. Uh, Malarkey was 9-7 and seven his last year with Tennessee, uh, kind of backed into the playoffs, won a game at a uh, wild card game, uh, came back from an 18-point deficit against Kansas City and won. And a lot of that was from big plays by Marcus Mariota. If it wasn't for that game in the 2017-2018 season, Marcus Mariota, Tennessee would have never picked up their fifth-round option. He would not be their quarterback right now. But he did win that game. He did come back and win it. That was under Mike Malarkey's offense. Last year, Tennessee went 9-7. and seven. Tennessee is currently 2-4. and four. They play the AFC West which they still got to play at Oakland. They've got the uh, Chargers, that who are reeling, by the way. They will be here playing. But they've also got to play the a the NFC South, which is red-hot New Orleans team. My point is, good chance this team's not going to make the playoffs this year. So what did they do? Okay. Um, first of all, Tennessee... They, uh, after uh, Matt LaFleur took over as head coach, which he didn't really do that much anyways as offensive coordinator with Bariota, uh, he left and took the Green Bay job, okay? This guy, Arthur Smith, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Uh, this guy is a, is a tight ends coach, uh, never been an offensive coordinator before, uh, never been a quarterback coach or anything like that. He wasn't. He was a uh, tight ends coach. Been working with this team for quite some time for a number of years. Um, this is one of those hired with it from within uh, loyalty things that a lot of these former players do, particularly these defensive players do. And I, I do admire what he did by bringing in Lafleur. He being Mike Vrabel, but this was kind of a lazy hire, you know. This was one of those last-minute lazy hires by Mike Vrabel. I like Mike Vrabel. The, ten, the penalties have went way down on Tennessee since he came in. Um, him and his coaching staff, I like what he did at the defensive coordinator stop with Pease, but the records are still the same. And this is a quarterback-driven league. He is going to have to uh, – Put him the moat, uh, either fire uh, Arthur Smith. Uh, first of all, okay, let's rewind, okay? Get another offensive coordinator. Get a quarter, get a former quarterback coach, uh, someone that played quarterback. Uh, we saw the success uh, Philadelphia is having. Uh, even though Dallas is in a little bit of slump, I like the Keelan Moore thing there. Uh, I like the uh, even Jim Harbaugh when he was in the NFL. You want somebody that can communicate with these quarterbacks. You want somebody that has a either has a big reputation as an offensive coordinator or as a long term reputation, which usually they're few and far between because a lot of them are getting jobs. But someone with a quarterback background is what I would recommend for this Tennessee Titan team to do because the head coach is a former linebacker. You want to get as opposite as you are. You know, I'm listening to the uh, Fertitta book. I forgot the guy's name. But he is uh, the owner of, of uh, a team that's been in the news a lot. 
the Houston Rockets. And he says, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs have the same issue. Um, they, they do not, a lot of issues. And he said his self-included uh, from my anchor out. But anyways, he says that you have to recognize your strengths and weaknesses. And that's what coaches do. A lot of a lot of coaches will not and 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 look at it on the other side. Andy Reid, he's having a trouble finding a good defensive coordinator. Uh, he's almost two hands off, you know. Uh, it's or he he may be two hands on, but either way, you have to get somebody that's not uh, that that is strong where you're not. You have to get an offensive guy, and you got to let him coach the offense and not meddle into the offensive. Uh, for instance, LSU, Joe Burles, uh, they've got a new offensive coordinator. They're working with Burles now, and they're having a lot of success at the college games. Ed Orgeron does not know anything about offense. Offense looks easy. Uh, it's a lot of schemes. Uh, it's a lot of getting the ball in open space and type of plays and orthodox plays, not basic running off tackle. So, our offense is very complicated. That's why they get paid more. That's why it takes longer for offenses to develop. So, you know, uh, so Mike Vrabel is part of the problem. He made a bad hire with Arthur Smith. That is that is another issue I'm saying. Gavin's never been an offensive coordinator before, doesn't have a background in quarterback play. The offense is, is horrendous. Uh, horrendous. So he either needs to go back to tight ends coach or he, he – he, he means Mike Vrabel needs to move on. That's the issue. Like I said, Jeff Fisher had this issue. These coaches, they're very loyal, especially the ones that are former players. They're almost too loyal to a fault to their assistants. Uh, only time they start doing this is when, when, when things have went really bad, when their job is on the line and, and, and they're in desperation mode. As a head coach, you, you are a CEO. You are a leader. You have to make tough decisions. You have to separate friendship from business relationship. Uh, Mike, Bill Belichick's the best of that. He, he's one of the coldest people on the planet. He will fire a guy. And a lot of these coaches that are real confident, they get in there and learn offense. They learn defense. They learn the whole system. They do the hiring and firing, but they learn it. Belichick can coach offense. He can also coach defense. Same thing with Nick Saban. So, but my point is that that these coaches, they, they, they don't like to make those hard decisions. And Mike Vrabel, if he does not make that decision, Tennessee probably should move on from him. But don't let me put the cart before the horse. What should they do next, okay? We all know that, okay, Ryan Tannehill's got this one-year deal. I would imagine they're probably signing to maybe another year or two contract, do a one-and-one. Okay, and at, not to get into this too early, let's go with the update on the quarterbacks that will be available in the NFL draft. Who's going to need a quarterback? It hasn't been official that that I know he had, what, four or five interceptions there. Jameis Winston, Tampa probably, but not haven't, it's not haven't went 110% in that direction yet with Tampa. But I will say this, Miami – Tennessee now, it's official. Cincinnati um, will likely need a quarterback. Those three teams that we know of for sure, and, of course, Washington. Um, we know that Washington, 
the coach, they're going to bring in a new coach. They're likely going to bring in another quarterback. Jay Gruden did not want this quarterback. So I, I would say Washington will probably go after a quarterback as well. So, okay. What players are available? Tua is still uh, the last draft board I looked at. Still regarded as a highest-rated quarterback. Joe Burrows, his stock is going up every week. That's the quarterback from LSU. Got a big win over Florida last week. And, of course, Jake Fromm coming off of a loss. But, you know, he looked good in his part. Uh, Jake Fromm's quarterback from uh, Georgia. And, of course, Jacob Eason, former quarterback uh, from Georgia, transfer from Washington. You get a lot of good coaching with Chris Peterson there. Uh, so you've got Tua, Hertz, and of course Justin Herbert, another Oregon product there. So you're going to have a a slew of quarterbacks that are going to be available. Go out Tennessee, draft one of these guys, and and, and Mike Vrabel, sir. You, you're going to have to make a tough decision with this Arthur Smith guy. You're going to have to demote him. He's not offensive coordinator material right now. You got to move on from him, put him back at uh, assistant coach or whatever, move into another position, make up a position, whatever. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your comfort zone and go get you a former quarterback. There's plenty of them in uh, the college game or maybe a college coordinator. You may want to top his payoff and do something that you're not familiar with. Um, You know, if you want to do some type of spread system, my advice would be get a coach that can teach zone blocking and and do something like what Minnesota, who is in the playoff hunt, the playoff started the day, uh, they would be a wild card team. The San Francisco 49ers, uh, Cal Shanahan, good zone blocking. You know, they had two offensive linemen out in that game and still ran the ball down the throat of this uh, Rams team. So go out and do that. Take your chances there with the new quarterback. If not, Mike Vrabel hasn't really proven anything. He's got a five-year deal. This will be in two years. Next year will be a crucial year for Mike Vrabel. So he, he, he's got to make that tough decision. Go out and get that get that quarterback. Uh, get that offensive coordinator. First get that coordinator. Then go out and, and scout. Listen to your scouts. Listen to John Robertson and get your quarterback. Listen, to everybody. Marcus Mariota is a nice guy, but he was not John Robertson, the general manager for the Tennessee Titans quarterback, okay? So I want to give him credit for that. He has brought in some decent players here and there. Uh, They're not all all pros, but they're not all bust either. So I like what he's done, but now we got to give him a chance to get his quarterback right. So year three for Mike Vrabel and John Robertson is going to be huge especially with this quarterback class coming out. Tennessee has got uh, – they've managed the salary cap well. Uh, they've got a good offensive line. they got a lot of money invested in their offensive line. I know Taylor Juan is not a model citizen by no means with his um, drug thing there. Um, but I, I like what they did on defense. I like the defense as a whole. Tennessee's got a uh, solid run defense. Um that it's they're they're a team that hasn't gave up at many points. I think I want to say they average uh, about twenty points or less. They're not in New England's uh, category, but they are be- above average defense. So they've got above average offensive line. They got above average defense. 
They just need a quarterback. Nowadays, with, with these quarterbacks coming out polished, you can win a Super Bowl with a second-year quarterback. What's that? What are you embarrassed about? Uh, fantasy football? <sighs> so, anyways, that's my take on Tennessee. Um, uh, be patient. Make the tough decision with your offensive coordinator and go out and get you a quarterback. Sign Ryan Tannehill to, to, to be your starter next year. Hopefully he'll have a good year this year and not and not be hurt. Let him be your starter next year and ease that other quarterback into your system. And that is that. Okay, Antonio Brown has been back in the news. Uh, this story is a few days old. But I do want to talk about it. Um, okay. Antonio Brown ha ha has made it known that he wants to be back in the news. Uh, or he wants to be back in the NFL. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Antonio Brown wants to be back in the NFL. He has got a grievance against Oakland and Pittsburgh for $40 million because of his guaranteed contract. He's got two pending rape civil suits. Civil suits, okay. Uh, I did look this up as of September 18th. It was widely reported, uh, Washington Post, the Phil uh, Philadelphia News, Pennsylvania News. He will not be criminally charged for those sexual assaults. So my point is, if I'm Antonio Brown, first of all, don't listen to uh, don't listen to that knucklehead agent of yours. Um, I feel like he's had some cold water thrown in his face right now. Uh, you want to chop a lot as much of the he will be 32 next year. You want to chop all this up as a loss and a learning experience, okay? Drop the grievance, pay these two women off, have uh, get a get a hold of Roger Cadell, get a hold of one of his assistants, and say, How can we expedite this? I want to pay, I want to pay these suits off. I want to expedite this process. If you want to give me four to six, remember, uh, uh, Commissioner, this is not a criminal suit, this is a civil suit. And he wants to pay this civil suit off. Okay. So you pay this stuff off. You 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 are conceding everything. And at 30, just say, for instance, say, if I'm him, I say, what about four to six games? And he says, okay, we'll expedite this. Say you get this done by spring next year. He's got this season's gone. He gets suspended, say, four games or six games. He he, he appeals it back to four. Uh, sign for as little guarantees as possible. There's a lot of teams that will sign him. Larry Fitzgerald is 36 years old. He's still a, a more than productive, above-average receiver in the NFL. He is playing with a rookie quarterback. He's 36. This quarterback is 21-22, Kyler Murray. Antonio Brown's still got a lot left in the tank. I think he's got a ton of humble pie. I, I know he's going back to taking some classes at uh, was it 
Eastern or Western Michigan, whatever. He wants to play. He needed this wake-up call. He's going to miss the entire, more than likely, with the way the NFL is moving, the entire 2018-2019 season. So he's not going to get paid anything. He needs to chop all this up as a loss. He needs to uh, pay this chick off, expedite this thing, eat the humble pie, and take whatever job he can get. Uh, he, he may get a job at Washington, uh, possibly Seattle playing with Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, he, uh, possibly lead. he don't have to, you know, break the bank. I don't know about taking the league minimum, uh, get this frozen house, uh, to get you the best possible deal you can get. Tell him you don't want to break the bank. You want over the veterans minimum. You'll get as least guarantees as possible. Richard Sherman was coming off of an injury. Uh, known as being a attitude guy, a malcontent, coming off a really bad, rough injury. And now look at him. He's playing some good corner. He negotiated his own contract, and he's getting a lot of those guarantees right now because he's playing some really good football with the San Francisco 49ers. That being said, of course, you know, having Nick Bosa there at the pass rush really helps. But if I may be, okay. You know, if I if I'm Antonio Brown, I'm just saying, listen, man, from what I read, from what he's saying is go out, take the hit, take pay these chicks off, get all that stuff off your resume there, get all the clear your plate there. Uh, you want to take as little guarantees as possible, have some humble pie. You've got three to four years left of NFL money left in you, and get your life together and, and realize do not take this game for granted. NFL uh, playing in this league is not a right. It's a privilege. The NFL, a lot of jo uh, uh, coaches joke around about this and former players, means not for long. Now, preferably, I'm sure he would love to go to a team like a New Orleans or somebody like that, um, maybe possibly get back with the New England Patriots. I don't know if he'd want to do that or not, but uh, it depends on how friendly he is with Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick, um, I would doubt he would probably go back to, to Pittsburgh or that team. Uh, I'm thinking worst-case scenario, a team like helping a young quarterback with a team like a Miami or something. He's from the Miami area. Washington, one of his bottom feeder teams, possibly. Uh, the Rams, probably not there since they've already got enough players. Maybe Dallas. Um, but he's going to have to sign for a low amount of money and less guarantees. Uh, what he could do, and I remember reading this uh, a few months ago when I was reading part of the NFL collective bargain agreement, he could put some of his um, some of the cap money if he reaches these ridiculous incentives on the field that he he would get all these guarantees. Uh, he would get all these different incentives that could make him as far as being as one of the highest paid receivers in the NFL. If he is the hardworking guy that he's known to be at in the past before he lost his mind and went to Pittsburgh, through the Pittsburgh years in the beginning years when he was recognized as a quiet, hardworking, grinding type of player, if he can get that reputation back and salvage it like a Richard Sermon, for example, then maybe, just maybe, he can be one of the highest paid receivers in NFL. My point is, that doesn't count against the salary cap. If you put these really high incentives that are unlikely to be made, but you make them, you feel like the quarterback's good enough to go back and make them. Um, 
that, those do not, those incentives do not count against the salary cap. So that is food for thought for football fans. That's my advice for Antonio Brown. Uh, I hope you're listening. I know a lot of the NFL players watch uh, Sports Scope. Uh, you know, uh, Ingram, the running back there, or excuse me, not Ingram, Melvin Gordon, uh, Zeke Elliott. A lot of the players that watch this program. Why? Because I do my research and I am a straight shooter. So if you like me here on Sports Scope, everybody, follow me at rbutler723. Google Sports Scope. You can listen to the podcast that way. I'll be back on tomorrow. I'm pretty sure there's some. Uh, I didn't get a chance to talk about any college football when all this breaking news between Ryan Tannehill, the big Jalen Ramsey trade, which I feel like the Rams really got shafted there. Good, good move by Tom Coughlin in this uh, Jacksonville Jaguar team. You got some capital to make up for some of your mistakes in the past. So that is all I have to say for tonight. I'll be back on tomorrow night around 11 p.m. Central Time. We'll talk about what's going on. Going to get into some college football there. I haven't forgot about the college game. Uh, Have a good night, everybody. I will see you tomorrow here on Sportscope. Let's see. Periscope.